Hello, and welcome to Prodcast, the number one podcast for product teams. On today's episode, I sat down with Jeff Peace, Senior Product Designer at SwipeClock. Jeff shares why he collaborates early and often with his dev team, and how important early developer input is for his approach to design. Simply put, product managers, UX designers, and developers should be in lockstep throughout the entire problem discovery and product delivery processes. And Jeff gives us some great reasons and examples of why. So let's get started. Hey, Jeff, welcome to Broadcast. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So to kick things off, Jeff, could you give our listeners a, a brief introduction of yourself, a little bit about your background and what you're up to today? Uh, yeah. Um, his name's Jeff Peace. I'm a senior product designer uh, now at, at Swipe Clock. Been there for a few years. Um, I come from, well, I started out in print, uh, what's now decades ago. And uh, I've worked uh, through that to to web design to product design over the years, and and which is funny because when I went to school, none, nothing I do now even existed. But I'm glad I came along because it's it's definitely more a passion of mine than anything else. That's awesome. So the the topic that we want to talk about today is involving developers early on in the product development process and what that looks like from like the UX design perspective. So I guess okay. the, the first question I have is what does what your day-to-day look like when working with developers on anything related to, to UX? Um, I have a conversation with a developer at least daily. Um, they, I would say they're a very intricate part of the team, even though we are uh, product and dev. Um, there's really a lot of blur as far as that goes in in my current day-to-day operations. Um, there's a lot of a lot of back and forth throughout the entire process of 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 the phases of development or or even in pre-design and design. There's a lot of back and forth throughout that. Got it. So why why do you involve your devs early on in the design phase before development even starts like what what are some benefits of that there's a lot of benefits to that the developers have a different uh, grasp and a different understanding of the product than than i do um, they also have a little different understanding of perhaps even the limitations um, and it's really good to get those things communicated up front when you're even talking about possibly we might do this or we might possibly do that um, it gives either one a time for a developer to step in and say hey you know we don't have the technology to do that right now so that's going to cause this much uh, extra time in, in this as we have to build this out ourselves um, or they might have a simple idea saying like i see that you want to accomplish you know x but we could actually do it this way and that's going to save us so much more time and the result is going to be the same. And so having them part of that conversation early on is honestly, in my opinion, priceless. Absolutely. And, and I've seen that too, right? Where uh, you have, you have this idea of what you want to build or, or for, from your perspective, like how you want to build it. And then the developers can come in and, and like just 
give a, a little suggestion that will reduce the technical scope by like weeks, <laughs> but, but still give right. the same, the same end result. It's pretty cool. Exactly. I actually learned that really on even in print where there's a lot of things that I did that a, because I worked in a print, in a print house and you'd have the, the, the press operator come to me and say, Hey, if you'd have just made this modification, that could have saved me a lot of time. And it actually had to do with a lot of times it would have to do with shadows. Uh, you'd make a, a, you know, a 80% opacity shadow in the design, but in, in the print, it actually ended up black. So you'd actually want to make something maybe 10% or 20% opacity. And that would turn out looking the way that you wanted to on the press versus where it looks perfect on the screen at 80%. And I think that's exactly applies exactly with development. You know, we have an idea and we think, Oh, this is going to be so simple. And, um, you know, and the developer can step in and say, you know, it's not as simple as you think. Um, but if we did it this way, it, it could be really, really, really easy or painless even. So it's nice to be able to catch those things early on. So how does that help you personally, like in your day to day to, to understand those challenges before, like, cause do you just jump into like hi-fi designs and then talk to the developers and have to redo everything or, or do you try to catch it like before that happens? Well, that's the point, right? Is that you don't, you don't get into these high fidelity designs and waste a ton of time without having these conversations. I mean, these conversations should be even pre-wireframe and during the wireframe because that's the time that where you can change things quickly um, without having put a lot of time into design. Um, in fact, I prefer to actually use you know, whiteboards when talking things through because you can do a quick mock-up with the developer even um, and say, hey, we kind of want it to look like this. Uh, we can make it do this. Here's some of the animations that would do, um, things like that, that, that they can jump in and say, you know, yeah, that's a great idea. We, we can and even add their contribution to it. Of, well, if we did, we moved it like this, that would, that would be super easy. Or if we, we changed this to be over here, that would be more consistent with the way that we, we built this. Um, and even a lot of times, even some of the backend, how, how the data is managed. Um, we have a lot of conversations about, well, we currently, we don't, we don't pull that kind of data. So we're gonna have to build that, build that out. Or, we already do display that data, um, so we could display that as well. Or here's something else that that we we can easily pull that, that you're not thinking of because we haven't done it. Um, and so there's just a lot of love that. Cool. So it, it sounds like working with developers, you, you learn your constraints, but you also learn things that that can remove some constraints that you thought you might have had, but may not be as constraining as you thought they would be. Absolutely. Sometimes with designers, we, I mean, we have big visions, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we, we want the world and, um, and with developers, it's not that necessarily they ground us. Um, it's that they, they just, like I said at the beginning, they have a different perspective on things and, you know, it, it's just nice to be able to, cause sometimes some of the things are limitations like, well, we can't do that. But sometimes it's like, Hey, have you ever thought of this? And it's a, you know, maybe it's a technology or something that they're aware of that actually gives us more functionality that we're not using yet. So it's not always a negative thing. That makes a ton of sense. And so Jeff, I think you've touched on it 
here and there throughout the conversation, but if you had to like just give an overview, what, what does a good working relationship look like between UX and the developers? And, and when have you seen that good working relationship break down? Like what, what are some of the pitfalls to it? Um, well, just when there's a separation, like I've worked at companies where the, the designers and developers aren't even are anywhere near each other. They're, they're not expected to communicate with each other. There's more of kind of like you uh, send an ambassador to the developers to communicate your case, you know, or something, or even a PM will, uh, you know, they'll kind of go back and forth. It's like, Oh yeah, let me, let me take this. Well, actually I've had times where you'd work directly with a, a PM and you do everything with them. And then they would take that finished whatever to a developer. And every time, every time without fail, that would come back with things that had to be changed or modified or, or whatever. And I, and it would always frustrate me. It's like, why don't we do it? Why don't we just talk to them directly? Um, but I have worked at companies where it's like, where talking to the developer directly was really not encouraged. And I never, I never quite understand that. So that breaks things down a lot. Um, you go in circles a lot when you, when you aren't working with a developer more, more closely because things are just, there's, you come up with an idea and they say, okay, well, this is how we need to do it. And so then you go back and you redraw that or redesign that the way that, you know, they're talking. And, and honestly, a lot of developers that I've, I've worked with, um, are actually can be very creative. Um, we think of designers as being the creative ones, but everybody's got a flair of creativity. Everybody's got ideas. And um, by having that early on in the process or throughout the entire process, you just come up with a lot better ideas where by breaking that all up um, and not having each one of those team members influence the project uh, from the beginning or the product from the beginning or the task, um, really limits re limits the potential of the product uh, out of the gate. So, um, but yeah, I have worked with companies that that really don't encourage that. Um, they they really would break that down. In fact, I because I I'm familiar with um, well not super complex code, but but I can you know I can kind of hold my own. And so I actually had a job once where I was hired on to help communicate between the designers and the developers uh, because I understood a little bit of each side. And, and I always thought that was kind of an interesting thing to, to have to bring somebody on to communicate when they, you could just really sit them together. And it's not like they're speaking a different language. They're just they're two people that need to sit in a room and talk about what the objectives are. And... Um, but instead it's, it's really treated a lot of times where, where they're, it's a kind of a foreign situation. In fact, I have worked with companies too, that have had their development be in India or Guatemala and things like that. And that, that of course makes it harder. And I, I get the reasons why some companies do that as far as financial reasons, but, um, but that breaks it apart really a lot too, because if you can't communicate, um, what the objectives are with why, why you design something a certain way and why it should be built a certain way and they can't communicate back um, how that can be accomplished, then it's just a huge rift 
in in um, the process, and you just you just go in circles, round and round. It's like it's like a never-ending cycle. Uh, the, and then the next... you just ship something. <laughs> you just hope it works. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like that happens all too often, right? Right. So if I could kind of just kind of recap what some of the takeaways that I got from that is like, you shouldn't be siloing your teams. Like we're, we're all human. We all come like have different lenses that we work in, but there's benefit in understanding each other's point of view and kind of the why behind things were designed that way uh, from, from the PM side, like why was the story written that way from a user perspective right. and from the developer side, like why are things the way they are, whether it's architecture or um, what have you, like things are developed in a certain way. And so those could create some constraints or remove some constraints that you thought you had. And so breaking down those communication barriers where we're not in individual, like here's product, here's UX, here's dev, et cetera. It's we're all one team trying to get at the best outcome. Right. Our goals are all the same. And we're just trying to do the best job that we can with them and putting us in the same room and having us share our ideas and contribute from the beginning is just a much better way to contribute to that goal. Absolutely. And so you mentioned earlier, like you've been in an, in an experience where um, the, the product manager would, would give you stories, you would design, and then they would take those designs to the developers and they would always come back and it just, it created this, breakdown in process and probably added a lot of time to the effort that you were working on. So what role does product have, have to play, if any, in helping foster healthy relationships between UX and dev? Um, I think, well, I can put it this way. One of my pet peeves is when I hear people, they call developers, my developers, because it makes them sound a little bit. Sometimes I think that can be their intention might be more like they're my buddies kind of thing but it, come, it can come off as very subordinate. Um, your development team is not a subordinate team where, where product, and this, and I've seen this, but where product is the elite team and then developers are just, you just throw it at the developers to do the monkey work. Just get it done, right? We've come up with this. And developers should not be a subordinate to the product team. They should be an equal partner to that team. And you know, including them in that and treating them like that, uh, I think is a much more uh, more effective way to work with developers and um, has them, when they feel like that they are part of the team, when they're a part of the decision-making, they're a part of the action, uh, they jump in and contribute so much more. And I, and I agree with that being a designer. When you uh, have a job where you're just a, a monkey designer, where things are just thrown at you and you're like, okay, make, make this, you know, whatever it is. Um, and you just, you're just cranking out designs and you have zero input. It doesn't really encourage you to add any value to that. Um, especially if you feel like uh, you have ideas that, that just go unheard. That doesn't really foster a, a an environment for you to be creative and to, to contribute and I think it's exactly the same in in a product uh, environment where each person should feel like they have an equal opportunity to to contribute to the the process and their ideas should be heard and I think if 
if your developers feel like they are a, a co-partner in that process. Um, my experience has been that, that they just come forward with so much more and contribute so much more and they're willing to work even harder uh, just like we are as a product team to, to contribute to that end goal. Absolutely. And so Jeff, this has been a super fun and insightful conversation so far. And I kind of have a fun one to end off with. Um, and in full disclosure, Jeff and I work together at Swipe Clock. And so um, I'm fully prepared for whatever answer he gives to this. But, <laughs> John tolerates me. <laughs> <laughs> but what what is your biggest pet peeve about working with product? Or, or what do you wish um, the, the PMs you work with knew? Um... <laughs> My biggest pet peeve, uh, probably not working with you um, specifically, just uh, PMs in the past that don't really feel like they understand, they don't understand the vision either, but they're the ones that PMs often are kind of the, the manager of the vision, right? And, and if you're sitting in a silo and coming up with ideas and then just kind of bossing them out, acting as more of a foreman. Um, and everybody's just kind of doing what you want. Uh, that I've worked with PMs that are like that, that they're frustrating. You're probably a good example of the, the opposite of that, where you jump in and, and jump into the design and mock things up. And, and I just think that's a, because the designers specifically are very visual. That's why we're designers. And if somebody can come to me, especially as a PM and say, hey, here's, here's something I kind of mocked up of what I'm thinking, that, that speaks volumes compared to just telling me what you want, right? And so being able to, being able to understand how you're communicating with each person. Um, and that's the lesson I learned early on, in, you know, in print and communicating with the 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 press operators you know that you have to understand a little bit what you're working with you know and that's why i know how to code to an extent to a uh, you know a minimal ability but that helps me to understand a little bit more when i'm dealing with developers kind of their end and and i think it's the same with a, with a pm is like you just need to if you can jump in and get familiar a little bit with what you're asking because I think when I think when people jump in a little bit to other people's trade or their skills and they understand the, a little bit more the complexity of it, that they're they're a little more lenient on maybe timelines or just understanding that this this doesn't happen in five minutes or this isn't you know some of the things I'm gonna I'm requesting are gonna take uh, take a little time or you know maybe it does this is something you can do quickly and and just understanding the the restraints around you. And when people don't do that and don't, don't uh, respect, I guess, uh, those who they work with as far as their responsibilities and how that goes, uh, I guess that's my biggest pet peeve. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. So fortunately, that's not a criticism of you because you do a good job of that. I appreciate that. But no, I, I think it does make sense, right? Because like when I mock things up, it helps me better understand kind of the, the potential user experience behind it and, and helps kind of solidify the level of detail I need to add into the story. So like that helps me, but it's, it's really good to know that it helps you as well on, on the UX side. 
to, well, to I can really only imagine too story. on your end, as you mock that up, that things change as you're doing it. Absolutely. You All know, you see some, you see something visually like, Oh, that's not, oh, that's not what I thought that was going to be. And yeah. so it even changes. So you actually go through a filtering process before it even comes to me, um, before we even start having a conversation about it sometimes. And that, I mean, that's just, that's huge. And cutting down some of the, the time waste that happens uh, on a product team. And so even if it's as simple as a quick uh, wireframe mock-up of, hey, this is what I'm imagining, that's, that's way different than just, because you might, you, in your mind, you, you, um, you understand what you're imagining, but when you say things to somebody who's coming out of left field, they don't, you know, they might, their mind might, mind might be somewhere completely different and what you're saying makes sense to them, but it's not the same thing. And so, yeah. So communicating on, on a level that, that, um, that works with who you're communicating. I think that's just good uh, uh, skills as a coworker period, no matter what field you're in, if just understanding the people you're communicating and how they, they need to be communicated with is, is a huge skill that I think is probably a, a life lesson that, we're all struggling to learn. Well, cool, man. This was uh, a lot of fun and uh, love to kind of get inside of your head a little bit as a, a coworker and, and from, from your craft as well. So uh, thanks for coming on and doing this. It was, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. This was fun. Thank you. Thanks for joining today's episode of Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to go hit that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss an episode. Sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast will help us get the word out. So if you think there's other people who would benefit from this, I'd love it if you'd share, rate, and review. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Podcast.